Captain's Log, Episode 59. This week's episode of the Beer Avengers Podcast is sponsored by the Beer and Cheese Collective, located at 35-11 Dittmar's Boulevard in Astoria, Queens. Now open seven days a week. More in the mood for wine than beer? They've got you covered with their new wine list, complete with cheese pairings. Enjoy their eclectic array of craft beer, artisanal cheeses, and specialty grocery items at the Beer and Cheese Collective. New name, same great place. This week, Captain of the Beer Wonder welcomes special guest beer venture to be Brian Hathaway of Bruvana, City Brew Tours, and the Brews Less Traveled podcast. This show has everything. Unique beer pours, a fascinating new origin story, an extended journey through the Pittsburgh beer scene, the sacred naming ritual, and even musings on something called Baja Blast. I'm going to have to get Nutpool to explain that one to me. If you make it to the end and find yourself craving more of this combination, be sure to check out the May episodes of the Brews Less Traveled podcast, where the Beer Wonder and I will be joining Brian as his guests. Remember to like, star, and subscribe whenever that feels appropriate. And send us your emails at thebeervengers at gmail.com if you have any questions, suggestions, or if you just like hearing us talk about you on the show. And now, without further ado, please enjoy episode 59, Getting Funky with Kid OBK. Well, with the beer, 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 Avengers, beer, 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 Avengers, beer, 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 Avengers. Where the beer Avengers. Welcome to the beer cast, everyone. Coming to you from an undisclosed location in Astoria, Queens, I am Captain Porter Brown Stout. And coming to you from an undisclosed location in the County of Kings, it is I, the Beer Wonder! And we are... The Beer-vengers. Very nice. Very nice. That was... Uh, it's uh, it's always it's always different and always the Crackled same. Crackled a little at the end. It did yeah right. yeah it's it's, it's uh, that's uh, I was gonna say that's that's part of what's great about being live even though we're on uh, we're recorded but it's live while we're doing it so that's all that really matters. Welcome to the beer cast. It's wonderful to have all of you here. Uh, b- both are uh, our, our, you beer wonder and you listening out there. And uh, we've got a lot of fun stuff coming up on the on the episode this week. But what I'm especially excited about is we have a new beer vendor to be, uh-huh. and, and that is from uh, Brews Less Traveled and City Brew Tours and Bruvana, which are all you know part of the same thing. But he's from all of them. Uh, mm-hmm. Welcome our special guest beer vendor, Brian Hathaway. Woohoo! Thank you, thank you so much. Thanks for having me. I'm I'm excited to be here. Um, yeah, I ho- hopefully I can live up to the name of Bruce Less Traveled and, and Bruvana well and uh, not embarrass myself too much and not ruin well, and, and, and Trust and, me, and, we've been taking care of that for the last couple months, so don't worry about that on your shoulders. Exactly. Uh, but, and, and, and if you do that, we're in that we're in that with you since we're we're going to be spending the entire next month with you on Bruce Less Traveled. Yeah, spoiler alert. Yes. Yeah, exactly. I know. Well, we'll have to get oh, to should what we, Should I bury that a little bit? We did mention it on last week's show. Yeah, the, spo- the spoiler would be if we said what city is in. We'll find it. You can let us know if, if that's uh, if we can mention that for the day this is being released. But we'll get to that. Uh, we've got a lot to get. Actually, I, I don't know why I'm still even talking because exactly. we're all sitting here with empty glasses. So obviously, it's time that we all need to get to the pores. Naturally, I just saw Brian flipped his upside down just to prove to us that he had not pre-gamed our time together. Yeah, there was yeah, a little was, bit. Uh, clearly... There was a little bit of water left from my uh, glass rinse in that, so I just dumped. So it was a freshly cleaned glass. Yes, it's very yeah, <laughs> very good. Well, you know, since he does have that freshly cleaned glass, I it, it should. Uh, I'm how what order do we? Uh, Beer wonder, I, I help thought... me out here. Captain, you were so close. Oh yeah, you were so close. I heard you almost getting there, and then and then you pulled back. And I just I just need you to commit. So, Captain, why don't you tell us who should go first? Well, well, since you're asking me to, I will. I think the reason that I was giving pause is because I felt like I was doing your job, uh, oh. because the first person who really should should pour their beer is our guest, because it would only be polite. Very true. So, Very Brian, true. what what do you what do you have uh, for us today? 
So I have uh, a German style pilsner called Common People from uh, Necromancer Brewing Company, kind of a newer brewery here in Pittsburgh. Have opened up in the past uh, year or so here. Opened one one of the pandemic breweries. Opened mm. up and uh, they're doing some really cool beers. Excellent. So. Digging digging the can art already. That was a good sounding crack. Oh yeah. Mm-hmm. Nice, nice can crispy art. crack. Hopefully. Oh, exactly. For a nice crispy pilsner. One would hope. It looks pretty golden, pretty straw uh, there. Oh, aggressive head, it looks like. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. And hold that it's up a little good... higher. Oh, very nice. Very beautiful. Oh, and it's in it's in a lovely glass. Is that for uh, any, any shout-outs on the glass for Ab- those who will be checking the Instagram? Absolutely. This is a glass from another new Pittsburgh brewery called Trace. And the people at Trace and Necromancer are actually really good friends. And uh, have done a couple collabs together. And... Uh, or kindred spirits, some would say. Oh, very oh. good. All right. Well, well, since since I'm I seem to be in in charge now. Uh, yeah. Beer, beer wonder. I, I think can't. I want you to go next. Oh wow! Well, that's very kind of you, Captain. Because to the shock of literally no one, I happen to have a sponsored pour. A sponsored pour, you say? Yes. Shock, right? Uh, that would be from our sponsor, the Beer and Cheese Collective at 35-11 Ditmars in Astoria, Queens. Mm-hmm. Now open seven days a week. Yeah. G- grab your beer and cheese there. Well, uh, and this, they're, they're coming in local for me, although they did jump over one river because the beer I have today is not from the borough of Queens. It is from the borough of Manhattan, from the only Manhattan brewery well, we currently have. Well, I know. I know. It's questionable. There's still that which ails you. I mean, I, honestly, I just feel like yes. Dave Lopez would get on us if we didn't uh, give them their props. Fair, very true. <laughs> um, but we will shout out. And, you know, they are listing on their can that they're not only in Manhattan, but they're in the Bronx. It is our buddies over at Torch and Crown. Oh, of course. Uh, and I have their their Comet um, Belgian Golden Strong Ale. So Ooh. I have prepared myself today. It's coming in at a just a casual 8%. So, Excellent. you know, it's going to, I'm glad it's uh, actual drinking time on a Thursday. So let's see how this turns out. Beautiful All crack right. indeed. Here we go. Mm-hmm. Watch that cascade down there. Oh, yeah, that is golden for sure. Yeah, nice caramel color. And very little head on this one. Yeah. I know it looks like it's got kind of more of a medium body, but um excited to see how this one turns out. Very good. All right. Captain, do your thing. Oh, well, it's my turn. All right. Well, uh, I'm going to, I'm going to, to the shock of, of exactly no one. Uh, again, I also have a sponsored core. Try to sponsor pour from the Beer and Cheese Collective. Uh, this is one, but what will be surprising to you is I am drinking an out-of-character beer tonight uh, from our friends at Barrier. So not as local, but not quite as local as yours. Mm-hmm. In conjunction with our friends at Other Half, okay. I have Forbidden Dreams, oh my. which That's... is a uh, double dry-hopped IPA. The captain is drinking an IPA. It just this looks is, so delicious. Well, you know, if I'm going to... This if, is shocking. If I'm going to drink an IPA, I should drink one from other half, or at least half That's from other half, true. I should say. Yeah. And this is... Uh, not that I'm trying to best you, because I wasn't sure which one you were having, but this is at an 8.2%. Oh. oh. All right, there we go. So Brian's taking it easy. This Ooh, very foamy right sense. out of the gate here. There I know. I feel like I, I should have I got a stronger beer. That's all right. Just You'll help us right. over here. You, you'll, there, you'll look at that one. head. I know it's beautiful. It's aggressive, and it's got that good haze coming all through, right. which is what you'd expect from something from other half. Good. So, all right. All right. Well, now that we have our beers, I think it's time, gentlemen. Cheers. 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 I think I'm gonna have to let that head subside a little bit more before I get a real strong. Uh, uh, sense of what that is, but the, what I, what I got, <laughs> very good. Oh, lovely. Well, so Brian, we need the crispy report from Pittsburgh. Absolutely. How's this one stacking up? Nice and crispy. Um, very nice and crispy. Uh, but that's the end of the beer. Let's talk about the start of the beer. Um, okay. <laughs> nice malty aroma, like classic Pilsner mm-hmm. aroma. It's not like super hoppy, like some modern examples or like a, an Italian Pilsner. Um, sure. <clears throat> very much a German Pilsner with like the rounded edges 
I always think of the difference between a German Pilsner and a Czech Pilsner is German has like rounded edges. Mm-hmm. Czech's a little bit more harsh on there. Um, just a lovely drinking beer. Nice bready character through the middle. A nice crisp finish. There's a little, maybe a little fruitiness from hops or a fermentation mm-hmm. character. But um, nice. It does say floral hops. So yeah, it's probably coming from that. And uh, it's nice. They have pairing recommendations right on the can, which I like. Uh, They recommend to pair it with white cheddar, seared scallops, schnitzel, or chocolate croissants. That's a curveball right there. Yeah, now, 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 I Brian, was not expecting that. Brian, is this typical from this brewery? Uh, I, I assume you've been there. This is not your first beer from there, or if, whether it's even your first version of this beer from there. Uh, do you see this on, on their cans a lot? I have seen this on their cans. Uh, this is the first. This is actually the first beer that I've purchased from there. I always oh, uh, oh, it is. I, okay. uh, I mooch beers off of my dad and my brother on the weekend, and they've had some Necromancer in their fridge that I've i've taken but i went out and bought this specifically to be on this wonderful podcast here i wanted to get out to necromancer they're 10 minute drive up the road from me so nice and close i haven't been there myself yet so uh this was nice to uh to try out for this first time on this podcast and yeah they they definitely have a focus on trying to um resurrect old styles hence Mm. the name necromancer and i think Uh, along with that they want to give it an approachability and i think an easy way to have that approachability is to to have those food pairings on there and if they throw some wild style out there people are like well what's some direction with this it's like hey drink it with this i love that they choose that name necromancer but actually have much more benign approach toward it towards it because a few weeks ago we had that one from uh, nightmare and they're all about naming their their beers after you know various tortures uh, ways to die <laughs> so necromancers yeah. we're bringing things back from the dead in a good way yeah yeah and even like the skulls on there aren't like too morbid or anything i feel like they're like yeah. a bunch of punk characters exactly and they're iridescent so really they're just shining the light yeah. forward back into the world right <laughs> yeah. yeah it makes me think of the whole uh the day of the dead thing mm, oh yeah yeah well, uh, this beer is a little deadly. I'll be honest. Um, oh yeah. It, it, the the, uh, the uh, alcohol is pretty obvious uh, on on this guy here. But uh, I really kind of loved this beer because it is a great Belgian style. It's a very traditional strong ale, uh, and the name Comet actually has a Belgian story. It's from a famous escape line that was operated in Belgium from 1941 to 1944 during the Second World War, um, and they had a, a nurse who was nursing Allied soldiers and pilots that were shot down uh, behind enemy lines and then getting them to sort of safer territories. So the beer is is made in honor of them. And it's definitely got that like candy nose to it. Uh, and there's a good amount of brown sugar. And um, you might even say that there is a little bit of... There's nutmeg in here. You might say that. It, it's distinctly possible. You might say that. Okay. Um. Yeah, so it's got that really good finish. It does have sort of a heavier body, so it does, it it's not really hot. It's like a heavy, there's a heaviness, so it's going to slow down a little bit. But a good dry finish is just a really lovely example of the style. Um, and uh, yeah, I will probably not last long in my coherence if I drink this too quickly. So I'm going to slow myself down. That's all right. It's, it's not a race. Uh, as uh, Brian likes to say on his show, there's no, there's no time limit. There's no, there's no, 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 no need to, to wrap this up any sooner than we need to. Uh, it's interesting. This one, there is not a lot of information on the can. So I had to go to a mm. uh, beer advocate. Uh, but uh, here's, here's what they have. This is pretty, pretty nuts and bolts here. It's double dry hot with El Dorado mosaic. Racao. Am I pronouncing that right? I never know with that one. Oh, oh yeah. but you've seen it before. Uh, Rakao and Comet with plenty of oats and a touch of milk sugar. I definitely taste some of that lactose mouthfeel in there. Mm. Um, yeah, I mean, the hoppiness is not shy. Uh, you def- It's definitely there on the first uh, taste, but it's got a really nice smooth finish. Um, it's, uh, it's, it's, it's delicious. And yeah, you can see the head finally subsided. Uh, so I yes. can really get a, a full understanding of this one. But it's it's kind of funny that your beer was so, you know, casual with its head. And this one was aggressive with its head. But uh, but it's uh, very, very good. That, that way I know it's fresh. That's true. It's the law of averages, Captain. Now, Although I'm sure yours uh, is fresh, too. 
Uh, yes. Well, it, ca- it came just from our dear friends at the Beer and Cheese Collective. True. So, of course, they always have fresh beers there. So you should swing by the next time you want a fresh one. Um, but now, he, he, uh, Brian, I must say, that was one of the most beautiful descriptions of uh, a beer that I have heard in a bit. And I'm here. I, you, you talk about beer professionally. We've teased this idea of this podcast that you do. Uh, can you tell the fine people what exactly is Bruce Less Traveled all about? So uh, Bruce Less Traveled is a podcast exploring the best uncharted craft beer cities across America. Uh, basically, I get to travel to different cities, uh, whether it's Omaha, Nebraska, Des Moines, Iowa, or uh, screw it. Uh, the Twin Cities, Uh-oh. Minneapolis, St. <gasps> Paul, um, and what? and go to these 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 beer scenes that are are really great, but you know may not be on the map as much as somewhere like uh, Philly, New York City, Boston, mm-hmm. uh, Portland, you know Denver, the the kind of hot beer markets. Sure. And we go and we find these breweries, we uh, get them to sell us some beer, and then we put those beers in craft beer club subscription kits and send those out to people on a monthly basis and they can get those and uh, join us uh, while we drink the beers and talk to people from the breweries and have a good time and uh, if they don't want to go to that extent they can just listen to the podcast and we have a good time that way too so yeah i know i i had a good time uh on that uh before you joined it uh was it uh was it january february you started hosting it i started in february i believe okay. you you co-hosted what in december in December and Beer Wonder a little bit before, or you could say we hosted it yeah. or our alter egos hosted it. Uh, you know, well, that's you, true. You said you wanted us on for the Twin Cities, uh, and so I'm, I'm still not sure if you want which version of us you want on there. Uh, but we can talk about that later. Uh, but but actually, but the the people on the, who listen to Brews Less Traveled are some of the few people who have actually heard our real names already. Yes, exactly. If you want to know the secrets of the Beer Vengerdom, that's the place yeah, to look. Yeah. Clearly. Um, so uh, now you've traveled to a couple different cities. Uh, which ones have you actually had the chance to visit with Bruce Less Traveled? Omaha, Des Moines, okay. a city to to yet be named, and okay. uh, Minneapolis, St. Right. Paul. Yes. Oh, cool. Yeah. Okay. There's still secrets in the pipeline. There well. are secrets. Uh, and I will be yes. traveling in uh, three weeks to uh, the next two cities on the docket. Oh, so. oh that's cool. Yeah. It's very exciting. Now, when you travel, how long are you there? Are you there for like a week? Do you meet all these people in the span of three days? What's that look like? So it was very different for both trips that I did. I did I did mm-hmm. Des Moines, Omaha, and the secret city to be named uh, all on okay. the same trip. And I spent oh, wow. a little over a day in each of those cities. And that was not enough time. I, I felt like mm. I couldn't. I was running around a little too much. I didn't really get like a feel for the city, which I feel mm. like is an important part of the, 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 the show is to be able to capture that feel and kind of describe what that beer scene is like which you know is it's kind of crazy to say because i'm only going to go to four or five breweries so it's just representative of those four or five breweries uh Mm. but still and then um when i went to minneapolis st paul i spent three days there two and a half days there and that was ample time if not I don't want to say too much time. I had an exceptional time in those cities. Like I fell in love with Minneapolis and St. Paul, and I cannot wait to share those beers with people and talk about uh, those cities. That's actually your hometown, isn't it? That is. That is where I was born. Yes, oh, I was it, born in it, in Minneapolis. Is that yeah. secret information is is the beer uh, no, wonder from no, Minneapolis or no? I I've, I I think if I'm not mistaken, I broadcast once. We did an episode from uh, well, from you were, Minneapolis. You were technically yeah. in Wisconsin. I was, oh, that's true. I was over in Wisconsin. You were, we you were visiting your, your Minneapolis family, but, uh, My Minneapolis or your, family, your yeah. Minnesota family. Uh, yep. Yeah. But I, I have had a few Minnesota beers uh, on, on on the BearCast here. Um, and uh, so I'll be excited to see what breweries we'll be highlighting. Um, I know that my father listens along. Hi, Dad. Uh, and so he will probably be going and uh, drinking along with us uh, on this adventure from the Twin Cities. So we can get some on-the-ground reporting from him as well. And since we're talking about hometowns, I would be remiss That's since you're, you're, you're looking, your hat keeps reminding me, because uh, you're wearing the Cincinnati hat from that. That was the very first Bruce Less Traveled City, which is about an hour south of where I grew up in Dayton, Ohio. Um, and uh, I, you, when I list, after I listened to the Bruce Less Traveled, I just happened to be visiting my dad shortly thereafter. 
Uh, and, and there was a whole thing with the way airports are during COVID and I couldn't fly directly to Dayton. So I kept flying directly to Cincinnati and, and my dad would, was like picking out places, listening to that saying, oh, we should go visit 50 West. We should go visit Lister, Listerman's as part of like dropping me off and picking me up from the airport. So, uh, it was really great to be able if it's, it's funny because I, I learned, I grew up there, uh, just an hour from Cincinnati and I learned stuff about, about them and their beer scene that I, I never knew Granted, I didn't spend many years there when I was legal to drink, but I was uh, actually just in Cincinnati two weeks ago. Um, oh, cool. shoot, oh. Shooting a little something that I don't know how much I can talk about, but it will. It does kind of involve Bruvana and uh, Bruce Less Traveled and another pretty cool brand out there. And um, I, I, it was the first time I had been to Cincinnati when I was of drinking age, and I was blown away. It was so great. Fifty mm. West is such a cool place. If anybody's ever out there, get the Fifty West. They have they have volleyball courts. They have like seven or eight volleyball courts. Yeah, and, yeah on their property cool. outside, they have pickleball courts. They have tournaments. It's uh, dog friendly too. Locations. Lots of dogs there. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, but a great, great, great city and very cool beer history city because they have like old lagering caves or history goes back to the mid 1800s. And uh, there's a lot of cool stories in that city. And it's right off of a bike trail. Yeah. It's kind of fun too. Yeah, That yeah. also doesn't hurt. Don't drink too many, I guess, before you get on the bike. It's trail. funny talking about how, okay, we can't talk about that one city. We can't talk about what you're filming there. I'm, I'm immediately reminded that if Twin Peaks, there was a famous dream sequence where someone was speaking backwards. And one of the things that he said was, she's filled with secrets. I can't imitate the backwards talking, but that's what I'm thinking. Brian's filled with secrets. And, and yes. uh, glad to hear what those are. But it's not all about secrets. Um, it's not. I think it's, uh, you know, we've been enjoying these beers. We've been learning a little bit about Bruce Less Traveled. But I, 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 I want to know a little more about uh, Brian because it is his first mm-hmm. time ever uh, on the show. And we only know so much about him. Uh, so I think perhaps it might be time for his, uh, his, his. Uh... We triggered the wandering huck. We did. We did. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, that's right. It's time for, for the origin story of Brian Hathaway, how he became to be the beer drinker personally and professionally, uh, everything that defines him in that realm. Uh, when when did your journey with beer uh, start, either in a subtle or very profound way, whichever version of that you want to tell? Well, it's probably uh, in a profound way. It's probably the best way to start because I can remember okay. back to the day the day I turned twenty one. The first beer I had was Guinness, so I always had like an interest in having like better quality beer. Um, okay, but what really like really clicked for me was uh, we would vacation to South Carolina. Um, we would fill up the fridge with local beers and just beers that we could get there that we couldn't get back in my hometown of Pittsburgh. And one time I went down there, my dad had read like an article in men's health or something talking about IPAs and beer, especially beer in cans, craft beer in cans. Shock. This, this mysterious thing back in 2008, 2009, something like that. This might've kind of the beginning of it. Yeah. Yeah. It had to have been 2010, actually, because that's when I would have turned 21. Um, so, yeah, 2010, 2011, somewhere around there. Craft beer isn't too big. Uh, we go down to Hilton Head, South Carolina. My dad picks up three beers, uh, Avery IPA, Sierra Nevada Pale Ale, and Oscar Blues Dale's Pale Ale. Wow. Good I had them get me Guinness. I, I drank the Guinness, and I was like, oh, I'm just going to drink this. This will be fine. And uh, one night, my brother and I uh, decided to sneak down to the beach by ourselves, um, maybe to do some nefarious things that we didn't want our parents, you know, get into some trouble. Relatively nefarious, sure. Yeah, I was going to say get into, like, kid trouble, but I realized I'm telling this story about me as a 21-year-old, so it wasn't just necessarily kid trouble. (laughs) Well, sure, but nothing, like, nefarious meaning just stuff. Sometimes just what your parents don't, you want to do around your parents isn't always the 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 biggest definition of nefarious but nefarious yeah. makes it sound more exciting for sure so please go on with your nefarious story <laughs> and i just decided to take 
two Dale's parallels. Just for some reason, um, I I think I actually had Guinness bottles for some reason, and I didn't want to take the bottles down to the to the beach. So I was like, let me grab two of these cans. Let me grab two of these IPAs okay. and cans. That was even a quite the novel thing then. And took them down there, and cracking those beers and having them on the beach was just an awakening of. Like, holy crap, this is what beer could taste like. Just the explosion of hops in there. And I've always been somebody that can deal with bitterness. I drink my coffee black. I, I don't mind bitterness. So the bitterness didn't, like, turn me off like I think it does with a lot of people with, like, a very hoppy beer like Dale's Palo. Okay. And um, I was just like, this this is it. I, I want I want more of this. How, how can we find more of this? And um, it just Your was journey all... had begun. Yeah. Yes, the journey had begun. I was a uh, I was a con I was a convert then, and uh, have been a craft beer, some would say snob, ever since then. <laughs> well, let, we, we we try not to use the S word around here anymore than because because it, it, no, it really because because I I like the word aficionado, I like the word nerd, I like geek. Uh, a snob connotes someone who looks down on people who don't share what they have. An nerd or a geek says, "Hey." I've got this wonderful thing. Let me let me let me explain it to you. Let let me let me bring you into my world. Yeah. So now I'm I'm just curious it's, since what, the statute of limitations is over for this for now. So was your first legal beer your first actual beer? Oh God, no. Oh. God, oh, okay. No, I was I was a, I was I was a Good troublemaker. Work. So uh, did you did you spend some time with with garbage beer too? Yeah, and I and I never I never liked it. Like I mm. I don't know drinking. When I was younger, it wasn't my forte. Like that's not how I would like to uh, adulterate my brain. Um, so like I never really liked drinking alcohol. When my friends would drink that and bring that to, to parties, and people would bring beer, and I was like, this is more my speed of kind of like slowly getting into a buzz. Mm-hmm. But I was like, this tastes awful. My friends would all buy this beer around here called American, which is made by the Pittsburgh Brewing Company. They okay. make. Um, Iron City, Iron City Light, kind of the sure. the signature trash beer of Pittsburgh. Well, uh, American is the trash beer made by the Trash Beer Brewery. I, I, oh, wow. I, I say trash beer lovingly. I like Iron City. I have Iron City in my fridge downstairs. I questioned bringing it on the podcast, but um, we would have accepted it. But go ahead. <laughs> I I was just I was just always like I don't like the taste of this. Like, why do people like this? It's it's yeah. so thin and corny and like I I just didn't like it. And then. I had a Guin- I had a Newcastle actually first, and that okay. was like, oh, this is good. This is interesting, caramely, malty, mm-hmm. and then I stepped up to Guinness, and then eventually, yeah, found my way into craft, and um, have not looked back. Si- I actually have turned back since, and will uh, often buy hams in Iron City these days. <laughs> yeah. So for nostalgic poor, yeah, yeah it, it, it's funny as far as for for me. Uh, I'm always envious of people who came of age in the last decade, decade and a half, because you don't have to waste as much time with shitty beer, uh, because <laughs> some of your early experiences are similar to some of my early experience, not the Dale's Pale Ale and that sort of thing, but I uh, I actually I enjoyed Guinness okay at first, but once I knew, once I tried Newcastle, that was my first choice for a very long time, for probably my mid-20s, all up to around 30. The early mid thirties, not quite the mid thirties, but but yeah, for like quite a while. Like if I, I couldn't always find it, so it was Newcastle first, Bass second, um, and then everything changed. All the dark beers for you, Captain. That's always how it goes. Well, Bass isn't quite that dark. Uh, well, that's fair. But, yeah, but, but yeah, but I, I just yeah, Guinness. I, I, I Guinness was always I always enjoyed it occasionally, uh, but. Uh, but the other stuff, it's the stouts that came later that really, anyway, but this isn't my origin story. This is Brian's. Well, <laughs> Brian, I, I was curious because, because you, you started drinking and you got into sort of craft beer, but I know that you're like, your relationship with beer has gone much further than that. Now, I, cause you, you not only have a personal relationship with beer, but also a professional relationship with beer. So talk a little bit about how that happened. Yeah. How that evolved. Yeah. So, uh, liked beer, was interested mm-hmm. in it. Um, really not too long after getting into like good craft beer i uh found my way into home brewing i actually mm-hmm. went to a, a vineyard in arizona we were on vacation in arizona we went to actually the uh singer of tools vineyard um mm-hmm. i don't know is my my tool poster 
yeah, it's still behind. Singer me of Tolls. Right. Yeah, so so Maynard James Keenan, the found the the lead singer of Tool, one of the founders, also started a vineyard in Arizona. And like, cool. You don't think of American winemaking originating out of Arizona, let alone the desert area of Arizona. Um, so that was a kind of, of a lot of irrigation needed for that. <laughs> yeah, definitely. Uh, well. I mean, not to. I guess we're just gonna delve into Arizona. There's a there's a part of Arizona that's called the Verde Valley that's uh, mm, near okay. Sedona, Arizona, popular vacation spot, and it okay. is extremely lush, green, very rich, uh, growing area. Uh, so it 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 is tempered to grow grapes, but it's just that a lot of people make the assumption like I'm not gonna go and start a vineyard in the desert. Anyways, this was super, super inspiring to see this this guy making grapes in the desert, you know, making wine in the desert, growing grapes in the desert, building this other brand outside of this thing that he was so well known for. And I asked for a winemaking kit for Christmas. And if you've ever made wine at home, it is very, very simplified. You take the okay. the grape juice, you add it to a bucket, you put some water in, you add some yeast, and you ferment it. And then you put... Mm potassium metabisulfide in to stop the fermentation you condition it you bottle it and then that's the end of the process and you really don't have a ton of control over it and then the same place that sold wine equipment also sold beer making kits and i was like that seems like more my speed i got into that instead transitioned from wine making into into beer making and uh from then on i was just full-on nerd into craft beer world i bought john palmer's how to brew i brought Every book I could get my hands on after that, I bugged every home brewer and brewer I could get in contact with, and that eventually led me to working professionally adjacent with beer uh, nowadays. So, Which, what, what was your first uh, gig in beer? Oh, so I started as a um, assistant manager of a local beer bar here called Caliente. I uh, mm. before my gig with beer and my involvement in beer and human resources is what I really do for the okay. company. Yeah. Um, I, uh, I was in restaurants and I did restaurants for 10 years and eventually found a real niche in pizza and a friend that I had worked with earlier in my pizza career was opening up a pizza and craft beer focused bar called Caliente. He was going to open the second location and he offered me the assistant manager job there. I came in and, and really didn't work too closely with the beer i ran the kitchen but that was when i got an exposure to like local craft beer he had a dedication to always have three or four taps of just local pittsburgh beer and that was the first time i saw local favorites here like grist house and brew gentleman and hitchhiker and uh that's when things really really took off and it was like i this is what i want to do now you know home, home brewing was a very hot uh, a very avid hobby before that but i was like oh i can get paid to work around beer like this is this is really cool. Um, well, I'm I'm impressed that your 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 professional experience in pizza then led to beer because those really aren't interconnected. Yes, uh, they speak to each other. You know, experience there. Yeah, they uh, they do go hand in hand. Um, it's not necessarily a career track that most people would say. Yep. <laughs> no, know, from the world of pizza to the world of beer, but they're they're good friends. Pizza and beer. Yes, they, yes. they got along. They got mutual they acquaintances. Yeah. yeah. They'd friend each other on Facebook for sure. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> um, and so then you, so you were working in this beer bar and then you sort of, I, I mean, when I first met you, um, if I'm not mistaken, were you, were you still with City Brew Tour sort of as a guide part-time in the Pittsburgh area? Yes. Was that your first relationship? Mm -hmm. Yeah. So I started 2017. My wife and I saw okay. a tour out and we were like, oh, that would be a cool thing to do. Two weeks later, I was applying for a job for the company. Uh, Amazing. Went even further than just taking a tour with the company. Uh, came on as a part-time guide here in my hometown of Pittsburgh. Ran tours here for a couple years, and uh, in those couple years, met you and uh, mm. have just kind of uh, I, I found my way into human resources with the company. I do not have a human resources background whatsoever. <laughs> uh, just uh, eventually, did you get after like a human resources for dummies book or something? Essentially, yeah, I have, a, I have, yeah. I have, a, I have a Sherm membership. I, I pay for yeah. a Sherm okay. membership. Shout out to all the human resource people that know what that is. Um, I uh, no, I it, about two and a half years after the comp, uh, being with the company, I started to see. You know, we were growing over 
50 employees total. And it was like, this is the time that we really need someone to step up into this position in and do these do these initiatives that will make this the best place to work. Like we all agreed, like we have a very cool job. We were teaching people about beer. We were giving brewery tours. We were talking about beer and getting paid for it and, and getting to have this close relationship with the local beer industry. And it was like, well, well, how do we take that to the next level? And, and to me, the obvious next move was to have someone move into the role of HR and, and approach that from a uh, employee first mindset. And, uh, you know, after a couple months of kicking my feet, uh, I was like, ah, maybe it's me. I guess that person's me. I, I, I want to be that person. And uh, I made up, made up the title chief personnel officer for myself. And uh, they graciously accepted that. And I have been happily serving in this role for two and a half years now as the chief personnel officer overseeing our uh, strategic discussions from an employee first standpoint, but also doing, oh my God, a lot of different things involved with human resources and company culture. And uh, now I have uh, in the past two months taken over as the host of Bruce Less Traveled, and that has gotten me back closer to the industry. And uh, I get paid to ride around to different cities and talk to people that make awesome beer and just uh, it, it could not could not be better. It's wonderful. That is outstanding. <laughs> it is, now, yeah. even with all of this, do you still find time to homebrew yourself? God no. Is that still? Oh no. Oh God okay. no. God no. Um, <laughs> if we're, I'm in my office right now. If we could turn the camera around, you could see my. I have my shelf here set up with all of my brew equipment, and it's all organized like I'm still going to brew. But there is a measurable level of dust on there to where you could stick a roller in and the dust would probably puff up because i uh i also have a two-year-old daughter and mm. if you ask me uh when the last time i home brewed was it was about two years ago <laughs> <laughs> so yeah. yeah it's that 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 plus all the travel and being the ultimate hype man for uh unknown brew cities i'm sure does take up a little bit of extra time it does. And like home brewing is so wonderful. It's great to make your own beers, but like you really got to be able to set aside like four to six hours to like mm-hmm. really commit to that. Um, and that's just really hard with a child and really hard when my wife takes care of the child while I'm working and, and getting to like pursue my passion through work for me to be like, hey, could you also watch her so I could take six hours and brew 10 gallons of beer for myself? Yeah, thanks. That would be great. Like, I don't think yeah. that's going to go I, over that's well. That's a tricky negotiation, it sounds yeah. like. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, in the Pittsburgh area, I don't, I'm don't. i trying to think if we've had any Pittsburgh beers on the beer cast, but if someone is visiting Pittsburgh, given that you are the, the guy to go to for unique beer cities, uh, I know you've got, a, you've got one tonight, but where are the, the places that people, like, should go because that's where people go, and where are the places that are a little bit more under the radar that might be a beer nerds you know fantasy i love i love the two-part question just just the mm-hmm. just the uh just love just i love a two two-part question in general and specifically yeah. love this two-part <laughs> question um so um the places to go uh grist house i live very close to a place called grist house which is probably mm-hmm. one of if not the most popular brewery in pittsburgh they have a great outdoor area their brand is very outdoor focused and across the board just except exceptional beers ipas dark beers lagers great atmosphere there uh great taproom staff they have lucre faucets so they got the side pool check style fa- oh, yeah. faucets so oh, if you really stuff. want to nerd mm-hmm. out and like mm-hmm. get something with three fingers of foam on it you can do that mm-hmm. um they're they're wonderful there's also dancing gnome which is kind of like the hype brewery i guess if you had to point the finger at one of the breweries in pittsburgh to be the hype brewery they are that and across the board again they they knock everything out and um they just opened a brand new tap room space that is gorgeous absolutely gorgeous Mm -hmm. 20 foot tall ceilings and just this this great atmosphere in there and they have a coach night now where somebody just walks around with a uh, a tote that i can't remember what that thing is called yeah like the it translates as crown i can't remember what it's called yeah i'll have to do it for hookups next week but yeah, yeah exactly the coach crown so those are two um there's so many great ones like people go to the church brew works a lot because that is like a church that was converted into a brewery and like the altar of the church is the brew house 
Oh, nice. I think I heard you guys talk about that one on the uh, on the the Pittsburgh. Uh, or was it you? But I think it was there was the Pittsburgh month of Bruce Less Traveled. I, heard, I definitely heard about that one. That sounds cool. Yeah. Um, so there's a lot of those places, and people know those, and they're wonderful, and you won't be disappointed going to there. But there's yeah. there's smaller places that I think are doing that are better serving as an embodiment of like what I see as the Pittsburgh beer, and mm. two of those are uh, Allegheny City Brewing Company which is in the Deutschtown neighborhood. Really small tap room, sits like 40 people, but they're doing great stuff across the board. They always have a nice varied menu. They'll have a red IPA. They'll have Pilsner. They'll have Kolsch. They'll have a barrel-aged stout. They'll have an Oktoberfest. They have a very nice varied menu, and they believe in community so much they don't want to be nice. anything more than that neighborhood brewery in Deutschtown. they want to be that neighborhood's like gathering space that also makes exceptional beer um and i i just love that about them uh the owners are fantastic shout out to al matt and amy and uh they brew great beer and they create great atmosphere and like if you're downtown pittsburgh it's one of the closest breweries to downtown pittsburgh so Oops. absolutely pop over to there and um, another one would be Trace. Yeah, I was going to say, the yeah. glassware uh, belies your connection to them. Yes. So. Uh, Trace is great. Uh, they have an exceptional brew staff. Uh, the guy that brews there brewed at Trillium, and he interned at Cantillon, and oh, wow. uh, has quite the, the background to him, so he knows his stuff. He brews great beers. They have a focus on a Saison program, which is something that we could definitely use more, both here yeah, in Pittsburgh sure, and sure at large in the industry Everywhere. yeah everybody every, every city should have a saison focus brewery and uh every night they have some kind of event they they have great uh uh drag queen bingo nights they have great like deep they'll just turn their their tap room space into what is seemingly a dance hall and they'll have a dj come in uh they open at 8 a.m in the morning because they have a wonderful oh. coffee program too so you could go in That's there great. start your day have a nice coffee get an espresso do some work and then yep. at whenever you feel it's justifiable to do so you could get a beer too transition over to beer i, the, I love the brewery as like workspace uh i've i've got uh, evil twin in my neighborhood uh in dumbo which also we we were unfortunately during the pandemic we lost all of our coffee shops except for a starbucks <laughs> and you know how that goes so evil twin when they opened uh they started with beers and then immediately brought on a coffee program and that has just brought everybody out of their apartments and in as the like ultimate go-to spot and i'd say people start beers at around noon i don't know if pittsburgh is is starting that early oh i mean that's yeah that's uh if you if you know anything about pittsburgh culture that would be late for us actually we have an entire culture of um well, you know, Pittsburgh was known as a steel manufacturing city, so we would have all the people working third shift, and traditionally all our bars opened at 7 or 8 in the morning because oh. the steel workers needed somewhere to go after work, yeah. after working. And uh, that's also how we got the other thing that we're most famous for, uh, besides steel, uh, the fries with, sa- with the sandwiches with fries on them. Ah, yes. Oh, yes. That's mm-hmm. that. Uh, per- Permanti Brothers, is that what it is? Exactly, yes. Okay, uh, there we yeah, go. Permanti Brothers was, was a sandwich for the steelworkers when they got off of work until 8 in the morning. We'd go and get a, a, an Iron City and uh, a sandwich with French fries on it. And then you're ready because to go. It's time to eat a burger and fries. Just eat it all at once. <laughs> Absolutely, yeah. <laughs> well, Brian, I've uh, That's efficiency. like two more questions, mostly just because at the end of this, uh, we have something, a special ritual we'll be going through and I, I want to fully inform ourselves with this uh yes. so of all all your brewing uh, experiences what what beers that you brewed are you most proud of and as far as your personal preference to drink uh what is you do you have a preferred style and you can have more than one answer to that question so out of the beers i'm most proud of that when i brewed i really nailed down an english pub ale like ordinary bitter Ooh. recipe just like four and a half percent super balanced nice light tea character from the english hops um and i i dialed that recipe in that was one of the last recipes i worked on before i had a uh i started a family and like i Mm. really got that beer dialed in and um 
I just was really proud of that beer. Never got to enter it in the competitions. I did one other beer that I was really proud of was was a like New England style pale ale that I did enter into competitions. Got really really good feedback, but um, as anybody that home brews knows, uh, pale ale and IPA are are very heavily competitive uh, <laughs> categories in home brews. So I didn't win anything from it, but I got really good feedback on it. Um, That's the most important part. Yeah honestly like you get really really good feedback if you want to grow as a brewer as a home brewer as a serious brewer mm-hmm. enter into competitions because those people tasting that beer are some of the best beer tasters in your local area and they're going to give you the best feedback you can get honestly they're not yeah. going to be jerks about it and be like this is terrible they're, they will actually give suggestions on how to fix your beer um I, the beer community is such a is a very welcoming place i'd yeah. say the, the deeper i've jumped into it you know we all just want to have a good beer it seems like is is the is the rule of, of thumb around here yeah yeah um and then part two of the question yes uh i do have two answers to my favorite styles of beer um if i i, I pilsner is my favorite style of beer i mean I'm, i will always be a hop head at heart but mm-hmm. it, if I'm gonna drink every, if I'm gonna drink a style every day, it's going to be Pilsner. Mm. The style I fawn over the most and I get the most excited about is Lambic because I believe there is nothing Ooh. more beautiful in the beer world than Lambic. It is just the ultimate expression of the natural achievements of beer. You know, it takes a brewer to make beer, but it also takes some True. very natural processes to make any kind of beer. I mean, you need to let another living organism come in and turn that sugar water into alcohol. And with Lambic, you're letting whatever organism is in the air around you come in and completely take the wheel out of your hands and ferment that beer for a year, two years, three years. And uh, there's just something so beautiful about that. Is there a specific flavor of Lambic that you're uh, especially drawn to? Mm. Probably the funk, but there is like a hop okay. character in yeah. certain lambics. Um, they use aged hops specifically, and there is like a uh, there's a very particular hop character that comes from those aged hops, and it's like bordering on the line of funky. So, uh, okay, it's hard to describe, but um, Cantillon is, is does it does it very very well. Just their straight right. Cantillon goose uh, has a really nice hop hit to it but it's not hops that you're used to it's not bitter it's not floral it's not aromatic it's you know i'm glad i'm I'm glad i asked because i mostly associate lambics with with the fruit that the that is their adjunct so i'm like i I, but it's interesting so focusing on the funk interesting so so there's funky there's sessionable don't have a representation of the lambics in our beer venger uh sphere right now we've got some sour love but no no representation of uh of Lambics, all right. Well, we'll let all that sink in, and we'll talk about our weekend beer, and then we'll circle back and see what what emerges uh, from all of this. How's your weekend beer uh, been, uh, Beer Wonder? Uh, well, I mean, the biggest event for me in my weekend beer, of course, was uh, we did uh, we did say a fond farewell to our dear cider girl and hophead hot as they made their way to the West Coast. Yeah. Uh, we had a night at a final night with them at the Pony Bar, which is, had been our go to for a while. Yeah. And uh, we decidedly closed the place down a little bit. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I think that we're still up, but it was one of my latest later nights I've had in a while. Yes. Uh, I think. It, it, it was a long one, uh, and uh, I will say shout out to Dan and our fabulous bartender team there who took very good care of yes, us that evening. Yes. Uh, Dan, who Dan, who accidentally gave me a full pour of what was supposed to have been a short pour for a twelve percent double IPA. Are, so. are you sure it was an accident? Shout out. To I, Dan. Well, we're gonna find out. I, I let's say I don't remember well, much. Because what's funny so. is after he poured that for you, he offered to buy yeah. me one as well. And then since I, 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 either it's because he just seen him do it for you or because he just wanted to, he Got said, it. oh, uh, and I told him what I wanted, which was an 11 ounce beer. And he said, oh, can I supersize that for you? I'm like, you certainly may. <laughs> I'm not going to argue. Never argue with yeah, that. Yeah, yeah. Um, but since I did have a Torch and Crown beer on the, the, the beer cast today, I did want to shout out a really cool panel that they are doing on Wednesday, May 11th at 7 p.m., um, which is the Beer in Manhattan uh, panel, which is going to have uh, a number of different 
people, including Garrett Oliver, who, of course, uh, is um, got his start making beer at the Manhattan Beer Company, but we now know from, you know, Brooklyn breweries. Um, Kirby Shire, who founded Zip City Brewing, which, Captain, you may remember. Zip City. Um, they were part of the sort of early, like, brew pub scene in Manhattan oh, okay. in the 90s. And uh, Chris O'Leary, who is Brew York, Brew, Brew York, York, New York, himself. yeah, <laughs> exactly. So it looks like it's going to be a really fun event. Uh, so if you happen to be in Gotham City, definitely check them out. Now that's uh, on a as, Wednesday uh, in May, correct? It, it is on a Wednesday. It is actually, I believe, on the captain's birthday. Yeah, so I'll be hanging with Brian that mm. night. <laughs> exactly. Uh, but that sounds like a lot of fun. Is the coolest person in the world. I, 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 oh, you spent you. I you met him? I have I have not. No, I okay. I follow mm-hmm. him and live vicariously through his Instagram. But uh, mm-hmm. th- that guy just seems like the coolest. He's he knows oh, beer. Yeah. He's like an exceptional cook. He knows wine. He dresses mm-hmm. fantastically. He speaks yeah. exceptionally. Does he do anything poorly? Like no, he, he just <laughs> he's he's just the ultimate person. He, he, Garrett Oliver's wonderful. Yes, very cool. Aces to him, amazing guy. So. Uh, well, if you're not listening to or you're not joining the Bruce Less Traveled live stream that evening, definitely swing by. But then catch it on the podcast. Yes. Because, you know. I uh, also want to mention something else about Torch and Crown. They had a funny thing recently. We've talked before about certain uh, big companies being overly litigious uh, when they think their brand is being stolen. Uh, Torch and Crown had a one-off coffee porter called Grind. And apparently mm-hmm. there is an obscure coffee espresso liqueur i think of some sort that is owned by a large uh liquor company called sazerac so mm. uh sazerac so torch and crown got a letter of cease and desist from them uh and uh if you look on their instagram or if you need a bigger thing i think it's on the their website they they wrote a very funny extensive letter explaining why well it was a one-off beer so we will be ceasing and desisting but i really don't think anyone was going to consider your garbage liqueur confuse that with our our beer uh yeah apparently the the guy not only had he never heard of it but he he made an active search to find it and he found like a tiny little like airport sized bottle and a liquor store somewhere in woodside queens uh, so Good it's not like grind liqueur is really like their brand is going to be damaged by a one-off beer, but that's uh, that's the world we're living in these days. Did you see uh, the smaller brewery, which I, I guess I should have done prep for and wrote the name of this brewery down, that sued Stone? I don't know if you've talked about this on the podcast. Oh, recently. I did not know. I don't. We have not. Uh, no. But Breaking Stone, news here. Stone uh, released a beer. They released some new hazy ipa uh juicy ipa and their marketing around it is all like keep it juicy or keeping it juicy and the smaller brewery um sued them because they were like we've been using keeping it juicy or keep it juicy whatever it is for this many years now and i feel like stone has just opened themselves up to that with the the lawsuit winning against uh keystone which like Mm -hmm. i don't know i'm gonna root for them against Keystone, of and course, or Bush, but like I, th- yes, exactly, of course. I feel like they kind of opened themselves up to that now. With I know, with with uh, we're, we're going to be li- the litigious company, and uh, this is this is more of that. Well, yeah, and you know, it it it, it seems fair. Uh, if like if someone is bigger <laughs> than some, I mean, I, I, because in reverse, it does seem fair, especially if it's in the same industry. I think the deal that Torch and Crown was making was like, look, this is a one-off beer. Uh, no one, even though you're a big giant company, you can afford expensive lawyers. No one really knows about your grind espresso liqueur. Uh, it's all it's 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 just being petty. But yeah, but if you're a small craft brewery that's been doing something for years, and a bigger craft brewery says, I mean, granted they may be small enough that Stone hadn't heard of them, so it might have been a genuine mistake. And and the response should be, okay, sorry, we won't do that anymore. It's like it's that simple. It's possible the brewery was Sycamore Brewing in Charlotte, okay. North Carolina, and as a lot of people know, Stone is headquartered in San Diego and is one of the largest breweries mm. in the country. Yeah. Like, yep, yep, yep. Certainly, right, right. So it could have been that this place in North Carolina was under their radar. Uh, so it's their responsibility to to make it right. Um, uh, another thing I we uh, we talked about a while back um, about uh, you know this, we've been doing this since summer of 2020 
And uh, we, one of the things we lamented at the time was that this incredible new brewery that McKellar had at City Field in Queens, uh, unfortunately, had to shut down as a result of the pandemic. Well, that space has been taken over by the, a new small but vibrant brewery in Brooklyn called Ebbs. Uh, yes. And they, in, in fact, I believe it was the Globehopper you and I who did their like pre-opening day. We happened to be there. We did. We, to just well, well not, not 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 sure it was going to be okay. not in City Field, uh, but we went to the one at the no, location in Brooklyn. Yeah. Yes, to their Brooklyn location. Yes, we inspected it to make sure it was going to be up to beer vendors standards. Yeah, which is what we what you do as a beer. And vendor. I'm not sure if they're going to be open when uh, games aren't going on. I hope they will be. But what they are specifying on their website is that they will be open two hours before. And two hours after every Mets game, uh, out there at City Field. So, is that surprising uh, for two New Yorkers that a local brewery went in there? Because my guess is that a big, a bigger place would have went in there. Well, City Field has been very committed to uh, local beers. If you go to Yankee Stadium, it's all Anheuser Busch; it's all big stuff. Um, but City Field really did make a commitment when they reopened to local food and local brews. Um, in fact, one of the first times I went to the new City Field when it reopened, I remember going to their beer area and being shocked at how many local breweries were there. It was actually tricky to get a Budweiser. Um, so uh, yeah, you, you had to take you had to work to get there. Um, so it's nice that they uh, that that there is a local brew spot going in there because you know if 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 you're a baseball fan you know the Mets are sort of the perpetual underdogs uh, and so it's nice that they're supporting the the hometown kids along the way. And on the, if you go yeah, go, ahead. go to the Steelers, what do you drink there? Iron City, yeah, probably. Okay, yeah. gotcha. Okay, I don't say on the vast spectrum of breweries, even McKellar is relatively small. As far as yes, like the, yeah. the vast thing of thing. I mean, there's there are other reasons why they've become problematic or and maybe have been for a long time. That is a whole other podcast. But relatively speaking, it seems like even though McKellar and Evil Twin are twin brothers, uh, McKellar might be the more evil of the twins. We're not really quite sure there. Uh, but uh, but yeah, so Ebbs is definitely smaller, a lot smaller than McKellar. So it was kind of cool right. to see that they worked something out. Um, and I, I hope that part of what they did is is that uh, maybe their rent isn't as much in the off season because I almost felt like that's part of why McKellar couldn't survive yeah. the interim was because maybe they were still charging them full rent while uh, you know when there was no baseball. Yeah. Uh, but anyway, yeah. good luck to Ebbs. I hope to visit out there sometime soon. Yes. Well, now that now that uh, things are subsiding a little bit, I I missed my baseball. I went to a Yankees game last year. I haven't been out to Shea Stadium or to the City Field, excuse yes. me, in a bit. So. Yeah, actually, Brian, I think to your point, uh, yes, actually, it's not that surprising that City Field would have a, a, a craft brew there or there. It would be more surprising if they did it at Yankee Stadium. Yankee Stadium definitely has much more of a corporate vibe than City Field. It's yeah, funny, that I, even uh, though the wine is named after a corporation, but... <laughs> yeah, you, you wouldn't think it that way. I was very disappointed because, uh, to speak New York-related, in JFK, mm -hmm. I can't remember the name of it, but there was a very, very good beer bar that was always mm. all local stuff, all craft, mm -hmm. and now it's just a Blue Point bar, and it's all Anheuser-Busch stuff. And it's oh, just so disappointing Ouch. to see because there's so much good beer in New York City. It's it's always been known as like the import spot. All the good beer flows through the East Coast, mm -hmm. through New York City. But there's really, really good brewers in New York City nowadays. And yeah. um, to just yeah. see a good spot like that turn into a Blue Point spot is disappointing. So it's good to hear that a local, a local spot has taken the place of McKellar and City Field. Yeah. yeah. Our water's hefty, so I'll say that much. <laughs> so, uh, well, we we do have a very sacred ritual. We do very sacred. Uh, that tends to end our uh, beer cast. And that is, of course, the naming of our newest beer avenger. Yes. Um, so I have been making... Uh, first, I want to know, Brian, is there a name that calls to you? Absolutely a beer not. Avenger... Absolutely not. Okay, no, great. No, no, no. Um, so I have been making a few notes based on things we heard from you. And of course, we can we can take this to the social medias. We can take this to wherever. But um, thoughts I had were... Uh, now, a number of these were taking a slightly evil turn. And I just want you to know I don't think of you in an evil way. But it just, it seemed that some of these things were coming to me. So first, I, I thought we have the Bitter Baron. The Bitter you Baron. You own all the bitterness. Okay. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Um, Tannic Man. <laughs> um, Hop Eye. Just to get that in there. Um, the Ordinary Bitter Kid. 
and Lord Lambic. Ooh, Lord Lambic. Oh. A few of these were co- now. Now here's the thing. Now, 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 the Beer Avenger is to choose his own or their own name. And again, we don't have Huck here, who is truly the king of this. That's so true. I am just filling in at a solid C plus, you know, in his stead. But, but, you know, are any of these names calling to you, or does it inspire a Beer Avenger name for you? I have to say, I love a good a- acronym, and OBK mm-hmm. is just wonderful. Mm-hmm. The ordinary bitter kid. I feel like I can put some All right. put some stank on that when I say it too. The, mm-hmm. the ordinary bitter kid. OBK. All right. Yeah, I, 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 I was trying to think of like Session of the Lambs, uh, <laughs> but that's not that really a, a name so much. That has a Pittsburgh reference. Dude, dude, okay. Oh, that's good. That is good. Uh, Silence of the Lambs was shot in Pittsburgh. Actually, the scene where they the FBI thinks they're breaking into oh that uh, fake out scene. Buffalo's yes that was shot two hundred feet from the house where I grew up. Oh wow! Wow! Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. While they were shooting that, little baby Brian was just right up the street there, probably sleeping. <laughs> good work. <laughs> All right. Well, yeah, I, I think I was thinking the session because the Pilsner, you like the Pilsners, it's a sessionable beer. Uh, but but if you're attached to, but if Ordinary Bitter Kid speaks to you so well, OBK it is, I think. I do well, like it, it. Okay. Well, welcome to the Beer Avenger Sphere. OBK, the yeah. Ordinary Bitter Kid. OBK is in the house. He is. He is. Mm-hmm. Uh, all right. Well, uh, so uh, again, uh, thank thank you so much for being here, Brian. Thank all of you for listening. Uh, uh, and, and if you're if you if you if you want more of this, listen to the uh, Bruce Less Traveled podcast for the entire month of May. When either mm-hmm. us or our, our our alter egos or some Roommates. version of that uh, will be on there. Uh, also, wanted uh, to just say uh, you know it, it, to, to be careful out there. Uh, as you know, we, we're, we all, sometimes we're all uh, often, uh, tempted to talk about as if we're living in a post pandemic world and, uh, and we're in a more safe than we were for many of us. Uh, but I, uh, I recently had COVID, uh, and a lot of people, are, I, th- I think it was that party I went to, uh, with, uh, it was Kamala Harris, Stephen Colbert and Eric Adams were all there. Uh, I know, and, and you are so fancy. Oh, uh, geez, you know, I, 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 I did, I, I, you know, I, I'm not going to say which one I don't trust, but uh, it's, it was, uh, it, it, I, I, but I was, I was, I was, I, we had a good time, uh, but I, I think, I think, uh, and then I got it, and a couple days later, when I didn't know I had it, I think I gave it to one of my favorite bartenders. Um, I mean, the good, the good part of all of this is that I'm, I only had like one bad day. Uh, it put me out of commission for like a week plus, but it was, uh, it was, uh, don't you know, do everything you can to protect yourself and to protect others. Uh, but it's out there and you might get it and don't be too afraid of it. Cause most of, you know, uh, knock on whatever, uh, most of us, uh, are going to be okay and we'll see where this, this phase leads. But, uh, you know, uh, you know, we, any place, uh, any place you're supposed to wear a mask, wear a mask and, Maybe even go a little above that. I don't know. I don't even know what to tell the people anyway. But you know, just but be aware, it's not done. Nobody's wearing masks in the airport. It was crazy. Well, in New York, they are. (laughs) I think. I think in New York, they're still requiring it. Yeah, Gotham. That's it's demanded. But no, I've I've heard reports from other places that it is a little bit. It's a little bit of the wild west out there again. So yeah. So you be careful, Um, Brian, in your in your traveling with less brews. Keep keep a COVID test handy. Oh yeah, as it yes. should be. Well yes. done. I, I used uh, yes. all. F- if you haven't, if you haven't gotten your second government issued one, make sure you do that. Covidtest.gov. Well, also, no, I have to t- Oh yeah, you get two. You get two now. now you get two sets. Not only that, so. beer wonder, I have to give you credit. You turned me onto a website that has a lot of great information about uh, what to do in New York, and I found mm. a local library where I could go and just say I want free COVID tests, and they just handed them to me. So, then uh, there, the whole list of that is on that website. Uh, what, what, what was it? What was it? Was the one you were telling me about where I might be able to get special drugs? What, what, yeah, what NYC.gov/slash/COVID. It's, it's okay. New York City is easy like that, but yes, the libraries are handing them out. There's plenty of places on the corner. Take care of yourselves, but also support your local breweries because honestly, they've been through a lot. Yes. in the last two years, two almost three now years. Yes, over tipping season um, is not over. Nope, I, Captain and I are very guilty of that ourselves, yes, especially yes. of late. Humble brag, so. I think. 
Uh, well, but also like, let's say my, my tips from all of my internet beer drinking tend to wind up going to my favorite bartenders, which, you know, is, is how the economy works. It, it is, it is. All right. Uh, so any, any other business do we have, do you think? Um, Brian, any business on your end? Not really. I, I read that, uh, that the PepsiCo is getting ready to make more alcoholic beverages. They, 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 they oh. ran... Uh, they they already tried to do their Mountain Dew thing, and there's more coming yeah. from that regard. Uh, but other than that, and uh, the fact that I'm excited to possibly get an alcoholic version of Baja Blast soon, uh, I I believe um, our um, Nutpool will be very excited to hear about that. Say what you will about say Nutpool. what you will about Nutpool. Um, yes, he does enjoy he does enjoy an, a Baja Blast, and he does enjoy alcohol. So you put those two things together. Yes. No, I, I actually, Can't go wrong. speaking of combinations, I, uh, I, I really enjoyed listening to uh, your episode last week, Brian, about uh, cannabis and, and beer together. I've, uh, uh, the more that, that become, I, I, it's funny because I'm, I'm, uh, I have a little bit of a foothold in the cannabis friendly breweries that aren't necessarily able to put it in there yet. Um, uh, the, uh, Fort, uh, Sweetwater and, uh, and Green Flash out in California have both been purchased by a Canadian cannabis company. So presumably that it, once that becomes more possible in those places, uh, it's all called a, a Tilray. Um, has yeah. bought both of those as well. So that, that's part of their getting their foothold into it when it becomes easier. So once those breweries can start having cannabis infused beers, hopefully they will. Wow, I didn't know that. I should have. I should have done better research and covered that in the podcast because I know Sweetwater did the terpene. Now you beers. have a two year old. It's fine. You know. <laughs> It's a built-in excuse. Yes, but you 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 talked about a lot of the aspects of it. So, um, if you want to shoehorn that into one of our May episodes, that's fine. Uh, I'll, I'll, I have we'll some bring stuff. Bring the hookups to you. Yeah. Uh, all right. Well, well. Thanks again, Brian. This has been a, a wonderful uh, hour spent with you. Glad to learn a little bit more about you and uh, come back anytime. Uh, you 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 mean the ordinary bitter kid? Yes, OBK. As I, as OBK shall forever now be known. I, I, I still think it has to be that because for me. Ordinary Bitter Kid just has way too many syllables, but OBK sounds yeah. really cool. As he said, an acronym, you can't beat a good acronym. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, yeah. Maybe, maybe once, maybe the introduction is the Ordinary absolutely. Bitter absolutely. Kid. Absolutely, yeah. I mean, I, I move into OBK. I, who introduces myself every week as Captain Porter Brown, started so complaining about syllables. Uh, so, yeah, uh, glass houses. Um. <laughs> All right, and if any of you out there uh, have any uh, comments, questions, queries, uh, haikus, uh, hopefully no death threats. Uh, you can re- down with haikus. Yeah, you can reach down, reach out to us at thebeervengers at gmail dot com. Uh, we're on the socials at at thebeervengers. Uh, that's Facebook, Instagram, and uh, for the time being, Twitter. Uh, where that's going, I'm not sure. If if a certain orange individual shows back up on there because of the new ownership, we not be we may not be around there for long. But uh, for the moment, you can find us on Twitter and. Uh, but the other places too. All right. Uh, thanks, Brian. Thanks, Beer Wonder. And thank, thank all the Beer Avengers out. Oh, hey. You know, I thought he was on a plane to California, but. Uh, so did I. But here he is. Shocking. Hawk, welcome. Uh, you want to play us out? Oh, he's nodding. All right. Thanks. Thanks, you guys. Oh, good. And uh, we'll see everyone next time. With the beer, 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 Avengers, beer, 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 Avengers, beer, 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 Avengers. We're the Avengers. Avengers.